Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. What can we do this weekend to give honor to the Lord? How can we even think about it? How can we even imagine what he did for us? Every year when we come to this time of year, I just pray that he would reveal himself to, to us, to me, to the children, to the grandchildren. That we would never, ever take his cross for granted. That we would never walk in disbelief. And every year I'm just like, Lord, I can't even fathom it. I can't fathom what you've done. I want to. I want to understand that love. I want to know it. And we just have to pray that he, his Holy Spirit, would enable us, even this morning as we partake together of communion, as we partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. What a glorious thing. And I felt like what God wanted me to speak to you about this morning for our communion was how Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James and John, felt when they were walking in the garden to go to the tomb to take care of Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus had risen from the grave. Nobody knew it. The disciples didn't know it. And you have to remember that when he was crucified and beaten, they couldn't even recognize him as a human. His flesh was so torn off his bones, they couldn't tell he was human. He was tortured for us torture and the reason that happened is because God grants us freedom in this life we have freedom we can be as bad as we want to be he's not going to stop us because his love means freedom it's freedom to choose his love and his forgiveness or freedom to choose the enemy because he knew if he forced us to love him that it wouldn't be true love. It's only when we have the freedom to choose whether we love him and whether we receive him or not. And so it was a horrible, horrible time. Mary had just experienced her son being ripped to shreds. Can you imagine? Those of us mothers who have children, can you imagine looking at your son just knowing, knowing that he was the son of God, knowing that he was there for a mission, but still loving him and seeing what he went through. The pain, the agony, the suffering. But that morning, resurrection morning, this is what we celebrate today, that he came out of that grave, the tomb was rolled away, and he was risen from the dead guaranteeing us eternal life 
But Mary and Mary and the Mary, Mary and Mary was actually when they saw him in the garden and he came up to them and he asked them what they were doing and, and they looked at him. Can you imagine? And this is what it says. This is what it says to us. His, the resurrection power of God, our creator, Ephraim, the God who created the universe, who had the power to create the universe, had the power to raise Jesus from the dead, has the power to raise us, has the power to give us eternal life. And when they saw Jesus, he was, he was not just alive. He was restored. He was healed. He was healed by the power of God and beautiful and in his glory. And this is our promise. Death can't affect us when we believe in him. It can't take us. It, can, it might seem like it takes us for a moment. But it can't take us because God is our restorer. And when Jesus showed himself alive that morning, alive, the victor, he won the victory over death and hell because at that time, Satan had dominion over the earth. He had dominion over it. But when Jesus gave his life and he went down and he took that dominion and he came back and he brought restoration, and that's what we're looking at this morning, the resurrection. Say resurrection. Say restoration. It's through that power. It's through the power of his sacrifice, which is what we're going to partake of this morning, the body and the blood of Jesus. Because the night that our Savior was betrayed, he took the bread and he took the cup and he said to his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. He told us, so this morning, we're going to take the cup, and we're going to take the bread, and we're going to give him glory. We're going to give him glory, and we're going to give him honor, and we're going to partake of his very body and his very blood. And as you partake, if you believe by faith, because faith activates the power of God, Belief activates the power of God. Your body can be healed. Your mind can be healed. Your situation can be healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. It's said in Isaiah, like how many years before he was even crucified? He was wounded for our sin. He was broken for our healing. The stripes on his back, Isaiah said, were for our healing. So as we partake this morning, we're going to pray for that healing to take place. And if you just like that, that man on the cross that looked at Jesus and said, remember me in, in your kingdom. Isn't that interesting that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me? And the man on his left said, remember me in your kingdom. That's, all, that's how simple it is. We don't have to do a thing, but receive him. So this morning, we're going to partake together. Boys, do you want to pass out the communion? Grandpa, you want to help him?
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. boys <laughs> these boys love communion <laughs> that's what Jesus loves <laughs> thank you Jesus praise you Lord you are worthy you are worthy Lord thank you Jesus thank you Lord Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So God tells us before we take communion in the word that we just want to take a minute and we want to just come to him in prayer and say, Lord. So just cry out to the Lord this morning. Let's close our eyes and let's think of the cross. Let's think of Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. And I'm going to read this scripture to you while we pray. Thank you, Al. A cute story that I'll tell you. I don't think I told it, but... We were here practicing in the church one Saturday, I think it was, or a weekday. And Ali had found the communion that was still on the table, the two loaves of bread. And it was so cute because I was playing the piano and I think Jackson was on the drums. And Ali came up and he came up with the bread. And, he, and it was so funny because he, he was holding it there and I was like, don't eat that, that's nasty. And he looked at me like he was so confused. And it hit me later. He wasn't, he was doing, he wanted to do communion. He was doing communion. And it was such a blessing to me. God says we have to become like the little children. All right, so if you could, you guys got yours? Okay, in Luke chapter 22, verse 14, when the hour came, Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. 
For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread. Let's take our bread. Hold it up. Take your bread, the body of Jesus. He gave thanks and he broke it. So we're going to break it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake together. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup. Let's take our cup, lift it before the Lord. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which I poured out for you. Let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the body and the blood, and we pray a blessing over every person here, Lord. We pray that they would be healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we took the body and your DNA enters our DNA, Father, we pray for healing, and healing for us, spirit, soul, mind, and body, and then healing for those that we reach out to and put our hands on and pray for God. We pray for healing Jesus by the body, and we pray forgiveness by the blood. Cleanse us this morning, Lord, by the blood of Jesus. It's the only thing, it's the only thing we need is your forgiveness. And again, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for what you have done. You are our resurrected King. And everybody said, Amen. Sunday is coming. It's a sermon. It's a short sermon. Grace, you want to come on down? Time to take up an offering. Amen. 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 God promises that He would bless us. And I do not want to have anybody miss a blessing. Amen? So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you and praise you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you, Lord God, for the people that are here. I pray that you would bless them abundantly. Lord God, I pray that you would speak to each one of us. Lord God, as we give into your kingdom, where rust and moth will not devour, we're giving to you, Lord Jesus. And I just thank you and I praise you. 
Lord God, that you have promises and blessings for us that we don't even understand or know. But we trust in you. All our hope is in you, Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Can you play that, Joe? Yeah, I'm looking at that, too. There's a lot of them there. Um, Gosh, I listened to it this morning. It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. It's not Phil Wickham. S.M. Lockridge, Joe. You want to go ahead and play that? No. You can, you can do it. I guess you can do it if it's a short little video. Yeah, we just got to make sure it's loud enough so that way mom can hear it. Ephraim, can you go back and turn the lights off? It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter's is sleeping. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sunday's are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling. And his spirit's burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the world's winning, people are sinning, and evil's grinning. It's Friday, the soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday, but let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. 
and the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the earth trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit. It's Friday, hope is lost, death has won, sin has conquered, and Satan's just a laugh. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard. And a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming. Now what? They went to Pilate after the earthquake. They asked Pilate, and this is where my wife is my spoiler alert, where the earthquake, when Jesus hung on that cross and he gave up his life, his last breath. And while he did that, the earth trembled. The skies grew dark. The veil was torn in two. The soldiers around the cross fled in fear. Surely this must have been the Son of God, they said. Surely, the Roman centurion said, he must have been the Son of God. When the, when the earth quaked and the it got dark for three hours. The Pharisees, in their fear, went to Pilate after remembering what Jesus said. And he said to them, after three days I will rise from the dead. So the Pharisees went to Pilate and said, get a guard, secure the tomb, seal it up, put a seal on it. Watch that for three days so nobody comes to steal the body of Jesus. But on the first day of the week, the two Marys, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, were on their way to the tomb when the earth violently quaked again. And it was an angel of the Lord that came down from heaven 
Can you imagine God sitting up there on his throne, just waiting, knowing what was happening? Knowing what he was about to do. Sat and looked down to his angel and he said, Go get my boy. Go get my son who died on the cross, who went to hell and stole the keys from Hades, from Satan himself. And not only that, but made a spectacle of it. Go get my boy. It's time for him to sit at the right hand of his father on his throne. Go get my son, Jesus, who died for the sins of the world, who bore the weight and burdens of the world when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. He was like being crushed like olives as his tears and sweat of blood dripped from him because he was being pressed with the burdens and the weight of sin of the whole world upon him, upon one man who took our sins and nailed him to the cross. They did. They freed an unrighteous man in his place, Barabbas. A murderer. So the Pharisees were afraid of Jesus. And they must have been doubly afraid when they felt the earthquake one more time on the third day. Can you imagine that? The earthquake so violently when Jesus died on the, on the cross that it tore, split the temple in two and tore the veil in half. Can you imagine the high priest who was the only one that could go into the Holy of Holies at that time seeing that take place in the temple of God? Thinking to himself, what had just happened? We weren't there, but they were. I tried to put myself in the place of them. And try to picture it in my mind. What it might have looked like. I can't help but wonder what they thought when the earth quaked again violently. When all of a sudden the Roman soldiers were fleeing and running from the tomb because they were afraid of an angel that looked like lightning that was just dressed in pure white, whiter than these lilies. Sitting on the tomb, they said that they shook. These are hardened Roman soldiers. If they give up their post, their penalty is death. They didn't know what to do because the power of God came down from heaven by an angel who looked like lightning dressed in pure white sitting on top of that tombstone. Can you imagine that sight? Those soldiers shook. I could hear their armor clanging. They said they shook and stood there like dead men. You know, I've been paralyzed by fear before in my dreams where it's like I can't move, I can't wake up and you get so afraid that, and you're gasping for air. I can't imagine. I mean, that's the closest thing I can think of of how they must have felt. As the angels sat there, the Roman soldiers were running, the women were coming to the tomb. 
the Roman guards go to report back everything that happened to the high priest. And the liars, like they were when they hung Jesus on the cross, had to make up another lie to cover their lie already. And they're telling the soldiers, don't go tell them the truth. Go tell Pilate, go tell Pilate that, that his, that his uh, disciples came in the middle of the night and stole the body. That you fell asleep. And he'll have mercy on you. We've all been there before when we've told a lie. And then we've had to tell another lie on top of that lie. <laughs> well, I don't know if you have been, but I've done that before when I was a kid. When I get in trouble, because I didn't want to face the punishment. Right? You find out as you get older, it's better that you just face up to the truth. <laughs> it's much easier and better that way. It'll be better for you, trust me. I can't imagine the sight, the shock and awe that took place that night as the angel was sitting on the tomb. And the women run up there. And they don't know what to think. But the angel says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go in and look. The Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen. He has risen. Come and see for yourself the place where he lay. Then go quietly to his disciples. And tell them what has happened. Can you imagine the joy, the fear, the joy of the two women? The, the excitement. The emotions. John tells us in the Gospel of John, he tells us that yet they were afraid, they were filled with joy and ran to the disciples when suddenly what happened Jesus met him Jesus met him I want to tell you something when Jesus meets you things change when Jesus meets you you can't help but be changed when you have a true encounter with the Holy Ghost in Jesus it'll change your life forever Changed, changed every one of the disciples' life when they met Jesus. I'm sure it changed Pilate's life. I'm sure it's changed the high priest's life. Because they couldn't deny it even though they tried to cover it all up. Because they didn't want to face the truth. What took place that day on Calvary and at the tomb changed history. The day Jesus landed on this earth changed time. Changed time. We went from before Christ to after death. Time changed. The earth shook. 
when Jesus meets you, things happen. You change. You can't help but change. Because of the awesomeness and the power of God that's around you and on you. At that moment, it changed Paul from a persecutor of Christians to a believer. Jesus is alive. Jesus rose from the dead. It's documented, not just in this Bible, but across through many writings on the world. It is a factual fact. That's the facts, Jack. You know? It's factual. Jesus died on the cross and he rose. Many other ethnos wrote about it. Ethnoses wrote about it. I don't know about you, but like those women, I would have been overwhelmed. I don't know what I would say. I don't know what I would do. I don't know if I would be weeping or crying, laughing. I don't know what I would have done after seeing Jesus die, buried in a tomb, going to that tomb and seeing it rolled away, and him not being there, and then meeting me on the road back to the disciples, seeing an angel. Boy, that's a pretty overwhelming day, I must say. If you think this word is not emotional or doesn't cause emotions, you're wrong. There's all kinds of emotions that took place that morning. All kinds of emotions. All kinds of hope restored. He did what he said he was going to do. He said he was going to rise, and he did. The Pharisee and the elders lied about him. Pilate crucified him. The devil tried to destroy him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Death couldn't stop him. He is alive. And all our hope is in Jesus. All our hope is in Jesus. In the Christian faith. Those that believe in Jesus shall not die, but have everlasting life. All our hope is in Jesus. All our hope is in what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. And it's been preached for over 2,000 years, and it hasn't changed for over 2,000 years. His going to the cross was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was even born. King David wrote about it, sang about it. Isaiah prophesied about it. Jesus paid the price. He made a way when there was no way. He is the resurrection and the life. And he, and he or she that believe in him, though they were dead, shall they live. John 11, 2, 5. Revelation 1. It says in 17 and 18, paraphrasing, don't be afraid. Jesus is the first and the last. And soon and very soon, we're going to see this earthquake one more time. Violently. Zechariah the prophet prophesied about this. 
Zechariah said when, when Jesus' feet land on the top of the Mount of Olives, that the earth will quake violently and the mountain will be split in two, going from the east to the west. And in between there will be a great valley. The earth will shake one more time because the presence of the king is coming back. He's coming back. He said he would rise, and he did. He said he's coming back, and he will. He will keep his word to the T, to the dotted I, to the period, to every letter in that word, Jesus will keep it. It is true. It is alive. Amen? The one who stands on the mountain is the Lord himself. It says in Zechariah that when his feet stand on the mountain of olives, that the mountain will be split into two from the east to the west. And the one who stands on the mountain is the Lord himself. That will be a glorious and a terrible day for some. It will be a glorious day for all those who believe and put their hope and trust in Jesus. It'll be a terrible day for those that hear the word and yet deny the word and deny the truth. It'll be a terrible day for them. But our hope is in Jesus. And my prayer is everyone in here gets saved and knows the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. The one who went to the cross for our sins, for your sins, for my sins. When I deserve to be the one on the cross, Jesus took my place. He died for me. He died for you. He rose for me. He rose for you. He had to do that in order to atone for sin, in order to save the whole world. It was a plan from the beginning of creation since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. And think about that. That was 4,000 years before Jesus went to the cross. That God had a plan to redeem us. We are the redeemed. We are the chosen people. We are his children who he loves. Jesus is his beloved son, his one and only son. Even though he did and went through terrible things for us. He had to do it to pay the price. To make the atonement, the perfect and spotless lamb, the only one who was without sin. He had to go to the cross for us. So that we could reign with him in eternity forever. He had to pay the price for our sins. And his blood is still has the power and the ability to pay for that price today, 2,000 years later. It's still paying the price until the day Jesus shows back up on earth, we still have time to repent and get our lives right with God so that we too can be saved and spend eternity with him. That's the whole gospel in a nutshell. God in a nutshell. <laughs> that Jesus did that because he loves you. Think about that. Even though he didn't know us, he knew us. He said he knew us before we were in our mother's womb. He knew us before we were even created. 
Jesus knew us. He knows you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every breath you're going to take. And he knows exactly how long you're going to live. We don't, but he does. Our hope is in Jesus. Our salvation and glory and power belong to God. Belong to Jesus. God is alive. He is alive. He is alive. He is alive. He is not dead. God is not dead. He is alive. And he speaks to us today. If we would just quiet our minds and quiet ourselves and listen to his voice, he will speak to you. If you seek him, he will seek you. He will find you. That's what the word says. If you seek him, he will find you. Amen? Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you and I praise you as we close in prayer for all that you've done for us today. On this glorious day, the resurrection, the Christ who sits at the throne, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who angels stand before him, elders cast their crowns at his feet. Lord God, I thank you and praise you, Lord, for all that you've done, that you went and bore our sins. You took them to the cross and nailed them there and left them there so that we could be with you forever. And that we will raise with you one day when you call us up, Lord Jesus. I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for each person today that's here. I thank you, Lord God. I pray that you would bless them abundantly, that your spirit would pour out upon them, Lord, and that you would speak to them and call them. I thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.